0: If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review, as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's In My Head podcast for this very special episode with Will Bill Salyers, the voice of Rigby. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing
1: great. I, uh, I'm excited to talk to you and uh, really pretty much excited to uh, have anything to do these days in this, uh, in our post uh post COVID world. So
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And it, it it's it's been a wild fuck, man, almost two years now at this point. Uh oh, yeah. Coming real close to two years and it's kind of depressing when you think about it that we're we're sitting here and uh if anything you, you would think over the last year we would have learned our lesson, but here we are and we're just fucking playing repeat at this point.
1: Yep, and who knew the zombie apocalypse would be so damn boring. <laughs>
0: I'm it's honestly, just, I'm honestly glad there isn't a, been a zombie apocalypse because I don't like to run. Oh,
1: right, right. No, that's <laughs> that's that's inconvenient, right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. do that.
0: I mean, uh, Zombie Land Jesse Eisenberg said rule number one was cardio. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. That's a, yes. movie a few years ago. A cardio, cardio. But
1: you know, you you don't have to run fast. You just have to run faster than the slowest guy in your party.
0: I'm tripping. Whoever's next to me is what I'm getting. At. There you go. So, but uh, you know. I, 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 I preface this, you know, before we before I hit record with uh, how how much I love the regular show. And over you know, the pandemic last year, uh, we started watching it again. And every time I watch it, I pick something up new. Right? whether it, it it's a new saying, a new phrase, uh, something that went <laughs> over my head, you know, just just something about this show is just so beautiful and it's so whimsical. It's so fun, man.. Uh, Taking it back, do you remember when you got the call? I'm assuming it was a call from an agent to possibly try out for this show. You remember?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, casting for me was a long road. I uh, uh, got an audition in, and it was very um, sort of nondescript. It was like uh, just dialogue, really. And mm-hmm. I knew I was a. I would. I was reading for a raccoon, and <laughs> um, and the, there was no. Um, There was no context for the lines so the lines which were all from the the youtube pilot uh the lines were things like um two ties you don't know what i'm throwing next baby but that sentence with no context is kind of bewildering uh so i didn't know what i was talking about i didn't know what i was talking about about railroad ties or like light and i didn't know what i was talking about so but i uh I just I realized from the from the writing that the whoever the dude is, he had not really found his chill. He was pretty uh wound pretty tight. <laughs> so the the voice I went with was um two ties. You don't know what I'm going to throw next, baby. And um that pretty much became Rigby, but what was trippy about that is uh, so I, I, I read for the show. Now, animation is a tight, 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 tiny, tiny, tiny world. And I've had plenty of uh, face actors, plenty of on-camera actors ask me how to get into it uh, because it's such a tight world. And um, I uh, read for regular show with no connections whatsoever. I didn't know JG. I didn't know anybody. Cartoon Network, I didn't know anybody. And uh, I was really surprised when I got cast in the pilot. And that went great and I was thrilled and had a good time. And then I went back to my day job, which was fixing computers at the time, because I didn't hear anything else after that. You know, the pilot for Cartoons Cartoon Institute aired or went out on YouTube and I thought it was pretty popular, but I didn't hear anything. I thought, Well, that must not have really taken off. And so one day i get an email from a friend that says hey i know this friend in i have this other person in casting and they're looking to cast something for um cartoon network and she asked me to just put her directly in touch with all the people that uh i think are good Mm -hmm. so go ahead and submit so i contacted this woman and i said uh, hey i did a cartoon institute pilots Um, I was in moral oral, I've done this, that, and the other, and I would love to come read for whatever you're, you're doing. And she responded pretty quickly and said, well, it's funny that you would, uh, contact me because, uh, we're auditioning for your part and they've already seen you, so they don't need to see you again. And, uh, I kind of like pulled the knife out and went back to formatting hard drives. But, uh, I was, I was, um... Surprised. And then when I thought about it, I was not that surprised. I was like, well, the, you know, they it's not like I have a huge animation resume and they're probably looking for somebody that, uh, you know, they've worked with before. And so I just kind of forgot about it and went back to work. And um, my agent kept me up on the procedure on what they were doing. And uh, I guess it was months later. It was almost Christmas, which is a lot later. He called and said... Um, he called and said uh yeah i've got an update for you on regular show and i said okay well hit me with it and he said well they've changed casting directors mm-hmm. and i said oh well that's that's probably uh it for me then that's probably out of the equation and he said well no not for you they decided to go ahead and hire you <laughs> so like he was totally fucking with me and i had been i but i had been on the hook for like you know months mm-hmm. um but I had they did they eventually asked me to come in and read for it again, uh, yeah. I kind of left that part out. They they asked me to come in and read for it again, and as I was driving home, I called my wife and said, "Well, I did the best job I could do, so I can let it go now." Um, but they went ahead and uh, and went with me, so the rest is history.
0: <laughs> what uh? What was her reaction, like? My wife. Yeah, was she upset that you, you kind of buried the lead in that one and then got her at the end, or was she was she just super uh, excited and let it go? Well, she knew.
1: Yeah, she, more the latter. I don't. I I don't think I slept for like two nights after I got that call. And she yeah. was, she was pretty excited too. So uh, I think I think uh, by the time I I popped the cork on the champagne, she was okay with it
0: all. So <laughs> that's fantastic. And I mean, what a way. I don't want to say break an animation because you, you you had said you you know you worked on you know more oral there uh for a little while but you know the regular show i don't know i came to the regular show a little bit later than most people and i usually save something like this towards the end but i feel like uh and i've told the story a couple times but never uh in depth um so when we were talking just a few minutes ago uh, boys and girls that are listening uh I was telling uh, Bill here that that I used to be in the Navy a long time ago, and uh, I hit three straight back to back to back deployments, right? And we had just had our first son at that time. And uh, my first deployment was two months after he was born. I was gone for, I think, six or seven months or something like that. I come home, gone or I'm home for a little while. And then I deploy again, come home, take a hot fill billet, which is somebody got hurt on their ship. So they had to get somebody out there to replace them quickly. So I took that billet. So I hit three deployments, right, which is very rare in a sense. Um, So I come home, and I've got, like, a four- or five-year-old at this point, maybe six, and um, it was very hard to connect with him on anything because mommy was his entire life while I was gone. I was just a guy that would show up on Skype uh, every once in a while when I would have a reception and I could actually call home. And I remember sitting home on shore duty and we're, I'm flipping through, flipping through the TV, just trying to find something that we could watch together. And a uh, regular show pops up, right? He's like, daddy, daddy, stop, 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 stop. And I don't know if he had seen the show before or if it was just the colors, because at that point in time, he was really into a, sh- a movie called Rio, which is just all these beautiful okay. birds and stuff like that, right? So I figured that's what it probably was. It was just the colors, right? Because it was so different from from real life. And then it goes straight to cartoons and this one comes up and uh it's it's i don't remember the episode but it's rigby and mordecai both throwing their hands up and doing the patent. whoa right yeah right and i i just i remember seeing like hmm. i was like oh shit this is this is cool and i had completely given up on animation at this point point. Hmm. and uh you know i just realized that a lot of the animation wasn't for me anymore you know it, it, it happens you you phase out you get a new wave of kids sure. and and you know it's it's ever-changing never evolving and, uh, this one brought me back into animation. What it did was it also brought me into my son's life. Um, so we're sitting here, we're watching this and every day he would get used to me coming home around the same time, around four thirty-five o'clock. And we had this storm door in, uh, military housing and he would see me, he would go to the door and he'd have his little sippy cup and he'd be in his little, you know, his shirt and his diaper and stuff like that. <laughs> and he would see me and he would point and he would throw his hands up and I couldn't hear, but I knew what he was doing. Right. So I'm walking up the driveway and he would go, whoa, whoa, and I would point back to him and I'd throw my hand up and I'd say the same thing. And here's the thing, if I didn't do that, he would get upset and he would just run around in circles throwing his hands up going, whoa, until I acknowledged <laughs> him with the only- whoa, right? My wife hated the show, hated it, hated it, hated it. Uh, you know, her, her big thing was muscle man. She could not stand muscle man with all the moves <laughs> and shit like that. And, she didn't understand the 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 brilliance that muscle man really was um right. but that show and, and uh i was afraid i was going to break down and cry when i told this story because i'm talking to 50 percent of you know who helped me connect with my son um it, like i said it was difficult as shit trying to find something with me a uh, uh, 28 year old or 27 year old, whatever it was at the time uh, and a five-year-old to connect on but we we did that over the regular show man. i, I can't thank you guys enough for that man i really appreciate you guys giving me that because I, I, i'll never get that i'll never get that time back but i will have that time and that memory of the regular show and my son so i appreciate it well i think uh uh
1: my my favorite kinds of stories believe it or not over the years have been dads and sons who watch the show together but i think uh I think your, yours just became my favorite story among my favorite stories because that's, and I, I could relate to it uh, in, in a weird sort of way. Um, I'm a stepdad and mm-hmm. I'm a very lucky stepdad. He just turned 22 and he's getting ready to graduate college, he's a great kid. Um, and uh, he, he didn't have much of a biological father. The man was, was, was not much to brag about. And uh, still in all, that kid, when I first entered his life, he would have thrown me under a bus for a smile from his father, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and so I know what it's like to have uh, challenges uh, bonding with someone that's so important in your life, and uh, and I'm I'm just your story just tickles me no end. That makes me very happy.
0: Well, it, it's my hats off to you, man. Because if there's, I, I have a, a a younger brother, and he. He was in a relationship, uh, you know. He's out of that relationship, sadly now. Um, but the his girlfriend at the time uh, had three kids, and mm-hmm. I've never seen a harder job. Like it's hard enough being a dad, right? Getting right into somebody else's child's life and trying to raise that boy or that little boy or that little girl, you know, it, it is difficult, is what I'm getting, man. There's no harder job, in my opinion. And and growing up, I didn't have a dad either. Um, so I had a, I had a couple stepdads and uh, I made I understand what what you're talking about with throwing them on the bus for a smile for your dad. Because it, at that time, I would I would take up for my dad and try to say, like, no, he's not here because he's busy or some shit like he sure. try to rationalize as a little kid. And then every stepdad that comes in or every person that comes in, you're just like, man, fuck this dude. Right. Who the yeah. hell is he? He's not my dad. You know, so that's right. It, as a little kid's perspective, you think that. You know and then as you grow up you're like ah oh, shit man why was i so difficult on I mean, him why was i so hard he always wanted the best for me uh he always was was had you know his his uh, best foot forward you know he loved my mom jerry this i'm, I'm talking about you jerry woodard um you know it, it's it's like i said it's a difficult job man so you're doing the lord's work and i'm not a religious person and i don't mean that to be religious but you're doing the Lord's. i appreciate work. that
1: so well i i uh you know, I fell in love with his mom. And, uh, and I knew that it was gonna be, you know, that I would be marrying a family. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, she and I were both older at the time, and we both had uh, previous marriages, and we were not in any particular hurry to to go down that road again. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, my decision to ask her to marry me kind of came suddenly and pragmatically when when he came home ian ian had for a while he would say my son ian would stay with his dad once in a while um that became the law of diminishing returns because we never knew what his dad was going to be like but um he came home one day long, long after his mother and i had been together and said uh daddy says you're gonna go away and then we'll all be a family again." And I turned to Nancy, my wife, and I said, we need to give this kid some uh, certainty. So I think we should go ahead and get married. And uh, and we did. And so, uh, uh, you know, and he's he's become just uh, he's my son. He's just he's my son. And I think he yeah, I think he feels that way about me, too. I hope that I'm just his dad,
0: you know, I'm I'm, I would assume he does, man. He sounds like a smart kid. He said he's getting ready to graduate college. So he's got nothing but but time in the future and I got to imagine he's going to look back and he's like, "Fuck, man, Bill was there for me. Bill's always, yeah. Bill loves me like his own, you know? So like I said, man, you're doing something big, but getting back to, uh, cutting out all the sappy stuff now, Bill. Yeah. 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 And that dad, yeah. You know, all this, screw all this that, bullshit. dude. <laughs> um, but so you get on the regular show, you, you bury the lead with your wife. there, saying, Oh man, I tried my best. I got the part. So, we're, we're past that. So when do you meet JG and when do you meet the rest of the cast? Or was this something that you would record by yourself?
1: No, I met JG. Uh, did I, as, so first audition is always just from home uh, mm. in this space, actually, which you yeah. can't see because of my clever background. Uh, yeah, first audition is always from home. And then uh, if you're really, really lucky, they say we'd like you to come in the studio. And so that's what happened, and I booked the pilot, and that's when i met uh that's when i met j g was when we recorded i wish I could remember the name of the episode. it was the one where they're throwing away the chair and oh, yeah. uh, and he and he you know they both decide that they really don't want to throw the chair away um mm-hmm. uh, but that was uh that was the first time i met j g and uh, you know I would go on to know him for Uh, let's see, that was, we go on to work together for six years and I've known him since. And yeah, if that, if that guy's got a, a a dickish bone in his body, I've never seen it. Like he is just, I've seen him under pressure. I've seen him be really intense, but he
0: is the nicest guy in the world. Legit. That's, that's what I always hear, man. Uh, he he's, he's one of those guys that, uh, I hope, I hope you'll see this episode and I hope he'll hear that story um because i had uh, i've had a few people on that have that have had the pleasure of working with them and i've never heard one person say anything bad and if anything they say if if you've got something bad to say about him you kind of got to take a look at yourself because you're probably either a dick or the problem so yeah you know, the consensus is he's a great guy yep agreed so um we're we're talking that 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 chair episode was was a, was a phenomenal episode. I mean, when you guys would start getting into the hot and heavy. I mean, when this show takes off, I got to imagine that it took off strong and really quickly, right? Do you remember if, if it was hot and heavy? Ride know, ride? It it was it was there was a <clears throat> there was
1: a period of evolution because I remember when uh, I remember when uh, standards and and omissions, standards and omissions, uh, standards and practices, standards and practices. Thanks. I remember when standards and practices, uh, started really watching us Yeah. and that was an indication that the show was becoming very popular. I mean, we used to get away with with saying stuff that suddenly we weren't getting away with anymore. And, uh, when I dug into it, it was just because more and more people were watching the show. And then you know we would do we started doing international alts for 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 different countries where, you know they would have a different standard of what was acceptable and what wasn't, and so that's when I started to catch on that it was kind of a big deal. And it, it, you know, you you, as you know because you're doing this show right now, you know you don't you don't know, uh, right now it's just you and me. You don't know if a hundred people are going to see this show or if a million people are going to see this show, and it was the same way with. Um, with regular show is you know my sense of it was, almost like friends getting together to just sort of, you know, have fun. Yeah. And then and then I slowly became aware that it was kind of a big deal, and uh, and then I was uh, the bad thing about that is then you're like like desperate desperately checking the pulse to make sure it's still a big deal. <laughs> what was it like being the hot chick? Uh you know, I'm, it's funny. I'm not really. <laughs> I still am not comfortable with – when somebody somebody refers to me as a celebrity, I still look over my shoulder like, who are they talking about, you know? Uh, Just because I've never really – I love acting. I've always loved it. I loved it since I was 15 and did it for the first time. Um, As near as I can tell, the only real benefit to being known is that uh, I get to meet people like you and talk to you, you know? It's it's, it's not like it's – Something that I ever always, you know, I was like, I've got to be well-known. I've got to be famous. I always wanted, I wanted enough control to be able to pick my own projects, mm-hmm. which I still don't have. But, uh, yeah, it's it's fun to do cons. Cons are fun, particularly because I love that what I, in what I do, I can remain completely anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends who can't go down to the corner and buy a gallon of milk. I can.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or if I want to go to a con and out myself. One of my favorite things that were happened at a con was um, I was in Atlanta. And my wife had just come to visit. We were at Dragon Con. And there were these two guys near the front door who were in full-on, brilliant Rigby and Mordecai costumes. Like, yeah. head to toe. They were just, like, if, if Disney made a, a costume for Mordecai Rigby, it would have looked like these guys, right? Nice. And I'm I'm heading out with my wife and her friend to grab some dinner before I call out a night and start the next day. And uh, uh, as I'm going by, I just I just walk up to these guys. And I'm like, "Hey, those are really great cosplay," and I'm a huge fan of the show. Can I get a picture? And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, dude, yeah." So like, I'm in between these two guys, and I get my picture with them, and then I just leave. I never told them who I was. Nice. So uh, you know. I like, I like to think that someday, like, like, you know, they see the picture and somebody's like, oh, you got
0: your picture with Rigby. And they're like, what? Or maybe they hear this and they're like, holy shit, that guy was Rigby. We met at like,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I, I've always enjoyed that. I've always liked the fact that you could either do it like, a, like I, t- I tend to out myself if I see like a kid who's wearing a regular show t-shirt or something like that, you know, and I think, oh, here's somebody who's, oh, there was a time in Florida where where uh, a young woman and her was taking her little boys uh, was, they were clearly there for the con and I, and then we were staying at the same hotel and they were complaining about the fact that they weren't going to have time to get a couple of different, like there was a uh, conflict and they were going to miss somebody's autograph. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just sitting there eating my eggs, whatever. And I, I, I call my wife and say, excuse me, I couldn't help hearing, but do the boys like, do you guys like a uh, regular show? And they 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 were like, yes, strange man, we do. Why? <laughs> and um, and I was like, would they? Would you like to have Reapy's autograph? And as the slow dawning happened, you know, their faces changed. They got really excited. Mom started to jump up and down. I was like, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and so I was able to like you know give those kids a treat when it as a consolation prize for something else that they were missing. So. That, that kind of stuff feels good. I got to imagine,
0: man, You you you. I don't want to say that you'll you'll forget that, right? Because a lot of those good moments you'll never forget. Mm-hmm. But you made an impression on those little kids that, that they'll grow up and they'll probably talk about that at their doctorate sermon. When they're giving their thesis, they're going to say, <laughs> that he put down his plate of eggs and he came over and signed an autograph for us, man. Those kids are going <laughs> to be talking about that forever.
1: I hope so. I, I, you know, I hope it was a little, little treat for them because it's the kind of. Thing. I was a nerd growing up, uh, long before I had access to all this pop culture, and like I was, I was a complete freak for the OG Star Trek. Yeah. And if I had like been able to go to a show and meet any of those, I mean, I would still be peeing on myself to this day, if I had been <laughs> able to like do something like that. And I got to meet most of them. Oh, that's stupid message. I got to meet most of those people uh, at 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 various comic cons. So that was that was pretty cool. Was to grow up and and meet some of the people that I
0: idolized. So, which out of that original cast and crew that you've met, who were you starstruck and tongue tied by? Well,
1: hands hands down, it would have been the guy that I didn't meet, which was Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Um, the person that probably struck me the most as just being uh, overwhelmingly lovely was Nichelle Nichols. Yeah, she just, she just. I was, I was at Green Room in Portland with her, and you know, she's not a young, she wasn't a young person then, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and she was there with family, and I thought, I want to tell her how much she means to me, but I also don't want to like take any of her energy, you know, while she's here trying to do this thing. So I was walking by her on a, she was sitting on a sofa and I was walking by and I said, Miss Nichols, I just want to tell you, I'm a huge fan. You made a big difference in my life and I, I really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And I started to walk away and she turned and patted the sofa and said, well, sit down, honey, talk to me. Who are you? And uh, and so I did and we got to chat a little bit and she was just delightful. I just, you know, and I became 10 years old again.
0: It, it's it's funny what an interaction like that'll do to you uh and i i don't like i don't like doing this because it always sounds like i'm one-upping somebody um but to meet a hero is something that that one you never think it'll happen right right you're like you never think you'll be in the same room that that you just grew up idolizing Uh, i work in the restaurant industry and uh a couple years ago i got to work i'm a magic fan right so uh basketball is my sport and uh, I was working at the arena in one of our playoff games. And uh, there was this server, his name was Phil. And he comes into the room because whenever we would get done serving, they would tell us to go hide in the closet and shit because where we were working at, it was a whole bunch of the rich people. It was the, it was the I can't remember the name of the room we were in, but it was the uh, upper echelon of the uh, famous people that were in there, right? um and he's like man there's this really big guy out there and i was like well who is it and he was like i don't know he's like seven foot he's a black guy he plays basketball i don't know man i don't know sports i'm just here to serve people and all right I was like, all right so i just poked my head out there and i'm like oh, holy shit it's tracy mcgrady and tracy mcgrady for those that might not know uh, he's my michael jordan right uh, mm-hmm. everybody knows who michael jordan is and i don't know what happened but it was like i got tunnel vision and i, I just i couldn't stop walking right and he was walking, out. I'm like, I'm never going to get an opportunity like this again. So right. I reach up, and I don't, it's like, it's like uh, whenever they, whenever you go to a zoo, they tell you not to look the animals in the eyes. So the entire time I was looking down, so I tap him on the shoulder, and he's six foot eight, right? I'm six foot two and a half, and uh, I'm very proud of that half inch. So I go up there. <laughs> i tap i tap him on the i tap him on the shoulder and i'm like uh trace mr mcgrady uh t-mac i just couldn't get words out right so i didn't know if i called him tracy or if i called him mr mcgrady or if i called him by his nickname t-mac so i was like uh my name is julian uh I, you were the biggest you were my michael jordan and then i'm like i said i'm not making eye contact i'm shaking his hand and i was like thank you for everything <clears throat> getting choked up here <clears throat> i was like thank you for everything you've done for this city I was a little boy, and I, I watched you. you. You made me fall in love with this sport even deeper than I actually thought I could. I was like, I, I loved everything you did, and just thank you for what you did for this city. And then I go to turn around, and I thought that was it, and then he was still holding my hand. And I was like, uh-oh. I was like, am I holding his hand, or is he holding my hand? <laughs> and, he's, and he's shaking my hand. He's like, what's your name? And I was like, you want to know my name? And he was like, yeah, what's your name? And I was like, uh- uh, my name's and I, I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I, I never thought I'd get to meet my Michael Jordan. And then when he did that, I don't, I want to imagine that, that it was a true, genuine smile because it was a smile. And then he was like, thank you for that. He was like, I get to meet so many of you guys and gals that are out here. And then he was like, very rarely do I get to hear what you just told me. And he was like, you appreciated me for what I did for this city. And. I appreciate you for cheering me on because it was people like you that kept me going. When I would hear cheers and and the raucous crowd, he was like, it would make me get amped. And he was like, you have a great day. And I'm like, I'm going to have a great life because there's going to be nothing that's going to top this. And I've had kids. There's nothing that's going to top this, Tracy. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it was, it, it's like I said, it's always a cool moment. He might have forgotten that moment as soon as he stepped out of that room, but I sure. will never forget that moment. That's what I brought it up with those kids. Those kids will never forget that moment for meeting you. And he probably
1: won't forget that moment either because uh, <clears> I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you get used to a certain level of fandom and, and, you know, you even have people who are like, they want to get a picture with you. They don't even know who you are. They just know that other people want to get a picture with you. But, uh, but for someone to say, you know, you said something special to me. I think that, I think he was probably being honest about that. Cause I know that's the case for me. It's like, I have had exchanges on occasion where I'm like, well, I I've got fans, but you, but you're somebody special, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's when you can have that connection with somebody that you've just met, or you've never going to meet again, but you, you guys both have a, I don't want to say a mutual respect for each other, but you also you just appreciate that person as a person. You know, yeah, it, it goes a long way. Um, I mean, I don't really really know where to go from here, other than <laughs> we'll just get back right back into the regular show, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, I usually don't ask these type of questions because it's it's some of these questions they're they're trying to make you remember for from so long ago. But uh, when standards and practices was coming you know, not coming down on you, but when they were starting to be a bigger part of the show because you guys were getting so big. um, Do you remember some of the stuff that you you could get away with in the earlier seasons, but you started to like, oh, shit, we can't do that anymore?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I don't think we could have gotten away. In later seasons, I don't think I could have gotten away with the line. Uh, uh, How in the H are we going to fix this, S? You know, even though we would just say the the letters, I don't think they would have let us do that. But the the best part about that whole story is that uh, uh, animation writers are a perverse bunch. Mm-hmm. And if you say to them, you can't say this thing because it sounds dirty, they'll come up with something that that technically you can say that is so much nastier than whatever they objected to. <laughs> And so that's what, that's what, that became like a hobby, like a sport was like, okay, so S&P is not going to let us get away with this. So what, what truly heinous shit can we say <laughs> instead? And it was always, it was always like, it always like evoked something. Uh, you know that it it the, it was the kind of thing where they'd come up with a way to make you think of something really horrible without saying it. Uh, you know, Benson's balls were a hot topic a lot. Um, gumballs, gumballs! Of course, I mean gumballs. Um, yeah. So it it actually it actually was kind of I I think it resulted in some, in some of the 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 more choice do, double entendres of the show was standards of practice is saying. You can't say, you know, you can't say fart. Uh, okay, then squishy emulsions from the nether region. You know, whatever, like.
0: <laughs> when you're you're trying to, now this is gonna take a step back from, from where we're at now, but uh, when you're trying to flush out this voice, because Rigby's voice sounds pretty similar to yours. I mean, it, yeah. it definitely punched up a little bit for Rigby. Um, and I'm very ignorant when it comes to jargon for voice actors, so I apologize ahead of time if I'm using the improper terms here. But it definitely sounds like it's a little punched up from where from where your original voice is. <clears throat> uh, but did you already have an idea of what Rigby would sound like to you before you went into that started to do that recording session to send it off? Or
1: Yeah, I mean his voice never really changed. It was what from from what I they ended up going with what I did for the audition for the pilot, and then when I came, when they rehired me after the pilot, um, it was pretty much the same. Yeah. And you know, it's it's what makes him Tom. Tom Kenny likes to say Tom Kenny is SpongeBob. Yes. Likes to say that uh, even even the most versatile voice, there's a there's a fingerprint. There's 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 your natural sound. And then some people can go very far from it and some people can't go as far from it, but, but that's, but there's always uh, a careful ear can almost always tell who's doing what, you know, uh, um, John DiMaggio, yes. tremendously talented, tremendously talented. And he's got a, a great voice, uh, uh, Bender and Jake the dog do not sound that different. No. And, 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 Yet they are very different because of their circumstances, of the way people treat them. It, uh, by the time I was getting into animation, it was a really common thing for auditions to say, "We don't want this to sound too cartoony." So, uh, so you know, That's they were hilarious. going from, yeah, more of a natural thing, you know. So like, so like you know, whereas before, twenty, thirty years before, if I'm reading for a character and he says. Uh, uh i don't like the way this feels you know i might be going uh i don't like the way this feels you know and, and and now they're like you know that's ott there's a little you're going a little too much there you know so so then it just becomes i don't like the way this feels you know so um so you got to be responsive to um the situation but generally speaking animation is is more natural than it used to be
0: what Is your favorite Rigbyism or Rigby line? Do you have one, or do you have a couple? Uh, You know, uh, what's I do, but
1: it's it's never. People are always disappointed because it's never the the stuff that they think. Uh, You know, they think that I'm gonna be like uh, that's gonna be like ham boning or something like that, and like the. Which, uh, when I go to a con, I say I say that word until I'm blue in the face. And, you know, if somebody had gone back in time to little 15-year-old me and said, Someday, people will pay you to come to a big big hall full of people and just say ham boning over and over again. <laughs> I would have been like, you are perverse and you need to get away from me. But uh, but it has come to that. But, uh... What? Damn, the cell died. Well, lines. So, um, so like I tend to like the subtler humor in the show. So, like, um, like there's a one of the more popular episodes is, uh, and I can never remember the titles, but it's about the four. I think it might even be called the format wars about VHS and and uh, uh, Laserdisc and all this, you know, Betamax. They're all fighting for primacy in the format wars, you know. And uh, we run into a character who is uh, trying to promote. I think VHS. I don't remember anymore. But the the one true form format. And he's like, and and, and we're you know our uh, our interests combine for a moment with this guy, and so we're like, yeah, we'll work with you. And he's like, well, do you swear? To, do you do you do you swear to protect the primacy of? whatever, VHS or Betamax or whatever, even unto death. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rigby's like, I don't know about death per se. And <laughs> that was one of my favorite. <laughs> he was like, hang on, wait, hang on. <laughs> Take a step back but I, Yeah, I kind of like, I like those where it was a little, it was a little subtler, you know.
0: Now, When you're, when you're doing these lines, are you guys all in the same booth at the same time? I know uh yeah. show Joe has been di- – oh, so you guys all did the casting together.
1: Well, J- JG, that was the thing that was really important to him was he wanted us all in the same room as much as possible mm-hmm. to the point where I uh, – I think it was like fourth season, third or fourth season. I got hired to do a play in Portland, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to do it. And uh, so I went to Portland – and I had to fly back every Monday on my day off to record regular show because but uh, which is really only um, interesting if you know, like how really, really, really easy it is to record from another city like <laughs> like there was there was basically no reason I'm not bitter or anything <laughs> about those days off that I lost. But uh, but you know like David Ogden Stiers, the late David Ogden Stiers, is great. Oh, was great his whole life. He was probably most famous as uh, Charles Emerson Winchester in Mash. He played Pop's father on our show. He played uh, Mister uh, Mailard, and uh, he never came. In. He lived. He lived in Oregon, ironically where I was doing the play, so he could record from. Uh, he could record it's not a big deal to me it's really I'm over it now but uh uh yeah it was okay for David Ogden Stiers but not Miss Salyer's boy no no he had to come home had to come back every goddamn week what were we of, talking about
0: out of that uh just the the if you guys had to all record together out of that entire recording studio whenever everybody's in there everybody's meshing, everybody's bouncing lines who is making you laugh harder and more during that recording session? Do you have one or two of those actors or actresses?
1: Roger Craig Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Craig Smith, who played uh, uh, Thomas. And basically, JG did uh, some voices, and I did some voices, and, and Sam did some voices, and everybody else in the show was Roger Craig Smith. <laughs> pretty much uh it felt that way sometimes he i mean i'm i am sure roger could not tell you how many characters he did on regular show because they were he was doing so many of them but he was a guy who uh could just effortlessly make you laugh either during a take or or in between really really funny guy that's beautiful
0: man uh when how much of this because i've had so many different styles of of as far as TV shows go, I mean, uh, with, with this podcast, I mean, it jumps all over the place. It'll go from comic books one week to, you know, animation to sports, to, you know, just generally whatever, whatever's bouncing around in my noggin for that week, man. And, uh, it's always interesting to see what guests bring up, what stories and, and everything like that. Um, but with, with that going on, how scripted was this show? Because I've had, like I said, I've had other animators on where it was board-driven shows and you don't really have a script. So a lot of the stuff was ad-libbed or a lot of the stuff was added in post. They're like, hey, just go with whatever you feel like. We're going to rein you in for some key points here and there. But was it like that for you guys? Did you guys have a script, bullet point lines, and all that other stuff? Or was it a lot of ad-libbing? It, it was not
1: at all. It was, it was very scripted. Really, And it was a board-driven show, uh, but, but, but those boards then dictated the dialogue, and the dialogue uh, was very tight. It, in fact, it's, it's funny, that's a question I get all the time, yeah. was how much did we ad-lib? And the answer is almost none at all. Um, uh, because uh, J.G. really had a strong idea of what he wanted. And, 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 and the type of humor he was trying to get at. And so uh, it took it took me a little while to fu- to find the rhythm that he was looking for with, with Rigby. It took me a few episodes to be like, oh, okay, this is a choice that I might make if it was just me, but I know that that's not what JG's looking for, so I'll do this other thing. And um, yeah, I always thought it was a great compliment to the show that so many people thought uh, so much the dialogue was ad lib, but in fact it was, all very much planned. Mm-hmm. There were there were there were times when you know we'd say like, <laughs> could someone could someone come up with something more horrifying for standards and practices, you know, or something <laughs> like that. But uh, you know, other than those specific occasions, be like, well, what? And and they were, and that's not to say that they were they were rigid. Um, I certainly made suggestions that, that that got into the show. Other people did too. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, he always had a strong idea of what he was doing.
0: Beautiful man, it's a uh, it's mark of a true genius right there. Yep. Um, and when you when you think about that show and then everything is is essentially scripted, you're like, holy shit! The attention to detail that that man had and that entire crew had is For sure. unbelievable. Especially when, I, like I said, when I'm talking to people like like the Robert Alvarez of the world and the creators of all the shows that I grew up on, like Ed O'Neill Ed and, and Johnny Bravo and yeah. and Samurai Jack, Dexter, Love, all these things, it's board driven and very few lines of dialogue is in there they're just like fuck it roll some dice we're going to see what happens because this is a board-driven show the art is really going to tell the story here and then right to find out just 10-15 years later it's kind of flipped and it's you know it's the opposite of what it used to be but it's so well done It's it's just crazy how everybody has their own style yeah uh with with regular show I got to imagine. Did you watch this show when it was coming out, or or you wanted to uh, as, been like to watch what you did?
1: As much as possible, I you know, and, and it's funny. I don't like to watch typically my own work, but um, I realized in the first few weeks of recording that it was such a collaborative process. You know, I'm I, I might be thinking to myself, oh, I really have to bring the funny. Like, how's what's like? How do I make every line out of my mouth funny? And I came to realize that that it wasn't. Uh, Rig- Rig- Rigby was a collaborative effort It wasn't just me It was the animators It was the writers And so um, I relaxed into it And uh, I really enjoyed watching it Because it wasn't always clear to me <clears throat> In the room What it was going to look like yeah. And um, I always enjoyed seeing How I'd have a kind of an idea in my mind Because of the context of the script You know but I always enjoyed seeing what the final outcome was. And I think I've, I I won't go so far as to say that I've seen every episode, but I think I've seen most of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, like I said, I've watched the series in its entirety probably twice and most recently Mm -hmm. last year. But I'm not one of those fans that can sit there and tell you, "Hey, hey," in, in, in part two of episode of you know we get the ducks. What was going on, Rick? I, I just I don't my brain doesn't work like that. And then sure. And then when I was telling you, you had a shit ton of fans' questions. So we'll get to those in just a few. Um, some of the questions mm-hmm. I had to like skip away from is is stuff like that, like, "Hey, in, in the second part of this episode, what what did he really mean by X, Y, and Z?" And I'm like, "Dude, fuck, I don't know. I didn't even pull pull that shit. I'm pretty sure he's not going to remember it either." So
1: I actually I really appreciate that because uh, you know a, a common factor among fans and it's one of the things that they, that makes them so lovely and dedicated is that they they tend to emotionally feel like that that whatever whatever their fandom is whether it's regular show or um, you know uh, Mass Effect or whatever that that's all you really think about and focus on and you know regular show ended in 2016 yeah so uh so yeah I mean I I, I <laughs> it's just as common for some you know for a fan to walk up to me and say uh uh in episode da 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 you did do 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 and I'll be like I did <laughs> because I don't re- you know who's <laughs> was <to> me <laughs> yeah right I mean that was that was literally that was literally uh except for pickups or whatever that was four hours once a week, yeah. And so and so, yeah. It's 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 hard for me to remember individual details unless they were very very
0: unusual, you know. Well, speaking of an unusual detail, man, I, I can't rem- I can't believe I didn't bring it up when you were talking about Star Trek. You're on set with another space royalty, right? So what was that like i gotta imagine you're 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 you remember the 90s and shit you remember tupac and biggie east coast versus west coast sure there was a bigger nerdy you know fucking hate or or duel or feud whatever you want to call it between star wars and star trek now let me set the table for just a second i don't particularly know too much about either one of them i watch the movies if they're out or i watch the tv shows if it's on yeah but I don't have a dog in the fight. It just—I think it missed me as far as you know. General, I was more into animation and, and basketball sure. and stuff like that and comic books than I was Star Wars or Star Trek. But being a comic book guy and a fan of animation, and all this other shit, I get the fandom. I understand like, oh, this, this is my this is my thing. This is my lifeblood. This is what I love. Did you feel like you had to fight Mark Hamill because you were such a huge Trekkie, or was Mark Hamill coming off real cool, real smooth? Oh, Mark Hamill. Um, I, I,
1: I I used to worry that somebody one day is going to tell him that he's a cultural icon because he doesn't seem to be aware <laughs> of it. Um, he is uh, just... Uh, it's funny. I don't know how to describe him now because I used up all the words with JG. But Mark is uh, just such... hes A, he's a regular guy. B, he's really smart. I mean, the guy that would... He was a guy that was always reading something in between takes. He'd always bring in a book or a newspaper, and um, just as down to earth as you could possibly imagine. He was he's a big family man. He loves his he loves his family. Um, I told him that my kid was uh, was afraid of horror movies, and uh, he said, "Well, well, you you know, you just need to show him the right one." He said he said, "You know, my." My nieces and nephews and kids always loved uh, um, uh, what was it? It was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for it." And so he brings it in with him one day. He's yeah. like, "Here is here's Abb- here's Abbott and Costello meet Fra- Frankenstein." You know what? And I'm like, uh, "Mark Hamill just loaned me a DVD. I have to keep it in a bank vault." <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but he's just just he's a great guy, and you know he's and he's. It must be odd for him to be so uh, set in stone as Luke Skywalker, because he's done so many amazing things. He was on Broadway uh, playing the lead in Amadeus. You know, he uh, uh, he was he's been in movies and TV shows, and he's he's kind of a he's kind of a, of course he's famous for voicing the Joker. Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, just 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 a regular guy. We we'd walk out of CN shooting the shit with each other and you know as the two old guys of the cast and uh yeah no he, he's great
0: yeah it's he's so i still go and pick up my comics new comics come out every wednesday and, yeah the uh, batman is on my pull list and then whenever they do um you know he hasn't been too much in the stories in the last few years he pops up every once in a while yeah. but he is still the voice when i read batman in my head and shit kevin conroy the voice of Batman from the Batman animated series and Mark Hamill, the voice of the Joker, are still the two voices that I hear whenever Batman, I'm reading a panel of Batman, I'm reading a uh, panel of Joker. Whether it's Homicidal Maniac Joker, a very cartoony Joker, Mark Hamill is still the voice I hear as Joker. Yeah. Um, And just to hear, like I've heard a few stories like that where he's just like, he doesn't, I wonder if he knows he was Luke Skywalker because it's just, this dude is so fucking famous and it just doesn't seem like doesn't seem like it bothers him it doesn't seem like it, it, it's his right. thing he's just a normal humble guy so uh it, his,
1: it's- his, a, a quick true story about mark um uh he uh i wanted his uh, i wanted his autograph right mm-hmm. and um and we were all at uh, san diego comic-con uh mark was not there for a regular show he was there for some science fiction thing he did and uh um star wars and uh <laughs> And he uh, he was he was signing. Well, he was there because he was Mark, and he was signing. And I think he was getting three hundred dollars uh, a signature at that time. I think. Ooh. And and I had my cash in my hand. I was ready to pay him because I'm like, you know, I I I I want his autograph. The fact that I work with him shouldn't play into that. Like I'm not going to be like, you know, hey, give me a discount because I see you every week. You know and we we stood in line um it, they had a very slick setup where uh you 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 parted with your money long before you got to mark yeah and uh and so i i I paid and we got up to him and he's like what are you doing here <laughs> and i said i said well i want your autograph and uh not only did he insist on giving us back our money gave giving me and my wife back our money but uh then he throws, he tries to throw the attention on me. He's like, you know, hey everybody, it's William Sayers Rigby from the regular show. Cause that's just who he is. That's just the kind of guy he is.
0: That's such a beautiful person, man. <clears throat> yeah. Man, I'm getting choked up here on this uh, on this episode today, Bill. Um, as we start to, uh, you know, transition into the fans' questions, cause I don't want it to keep you super, super long. I'm having, a, I'm having a blast, man. I didn't know what I was going to expect from, I never know what I'm going to expect from any of these episodes. But well, I'm really glad that you were like, hey, you answered my my uh, my message on, on Twitter. I was like, holy shit, is this a joke? Is somebody fucking with me? <laughs> so I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I, whenever you're in the military, you have this very, very, uh, somebody's always fucking with you mentality. You're like, uh-huh. that's not really Rigby. That's somebody that's a bot. You're like, oh no, you you messes me. I'm like, holy shit, he messes me back. And then he's like, yeah, let's keep chatting. I'm like, holy shit, this might be real. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to fall off. And then, like I said, here we are, we're talking, man. So, like I said, I really enjoy, I really enjoy uh, being able to talk to you guys and guys that I've had on here because it, it's, it's fun because you get to know, like we know the characters you played, right? We sure. know the voices you've done or or the characters you've portrayed or. Yeah. We just know, but we don't know you as a person. We, most of the time, we Google an image and we know that, but we don't get to see or hear like how you think. You're just as much of a fan of, of Mark as everybody else is, and you got to work with the man. And I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you're normal, is what I'm getting at, Bill. Here, you're, a- yeah, <laughs> so, well, okay. I think uh,
1: uh, that's uh, that's nice. Uh, people rarely use that word to describe me, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, uh, you know, it's I never wanted, uh, Kids, well, kids will ask me sometimes online in various forums. You know, how do I become a famous actor? And I'm like, well, I, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I said, I, I'll, I'll usually say, well, that's like, that's like saying, how do I get struck by lightning? <laughs> you know, you could, you could get wet and go stand in a field, but whether or not the lightning hits you is largely up to the lightning. Uh, what I, what I can, I can help you if you love acting and want to be and, and and want to do that and uh um i mean that's the only thing that i think that is is really different about me is that i was attracted to a different line of work yeah. you know i <clears throat> but i but i certainly um never thought of myself
0: as as anything special i just really enjoy doing that you know well like i said man we really enjoy you doing it too uh what before we get to the fans questions here uh two things really uh what's the weirdest fan interaction you've ever had
1: Oh, that's good. Uh hmm. The weirdest fan interaction.
0: Uh weird, the weirdest question you've ever been asked when it comes to the regular show.
1: You know, nobody really asked any weird questions. I uh I I had a terrifying interaction once when I was in Seattle um and uh I was at a, I was at a, I was at a con in Seattle, and I was signing, and and I look up, and about forty feet away from me is an elf, and uh, the elf has a sword, and I and I had enough time to think to myself, cool elf outfit, and then the elf raised the sword, screamed, and started running at me.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> yeah, and it. So many things went through my mind at once. I, I honestly my first thought was that person's going to get shot and killed. And then and then I and then I I glanced over at my at my minder. And uh you know this is a per- they usually assign you a person to like count money and so like that and my minder <laughs> my minder looked like this. <laughs> and I thought, "Hey, hey a, she's no help, and B, she's thinking, how am I going to explain that I let him get killed? <laughs> and uh, and this person stopped at the last minute, and it turns out, because I had lived in Seattle during the 90s, she was the daughter of a friend of mine. Oh, shit. <laughs> and she was like, oh, so-and-so says hi. And I was like, okay, you can clean my pants. Yeah, uh, like,
0: yeah but, shit my pants, thanks. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Uh, uh, so that was, that was, that was the strangest thing. The the other thing that's just kind of funny and happens a lot is, uh, somebody will want to come up to you and, and you think that they want to talk to you and get to know you the way we're talking. Uh, but really all they want to do is stand at your table and recount to you things that your character did. (laughs) So, you know, so they will (laughs) be, they'll be like, and, and that time, and that time that you, um. Remember when you played that game and then and then you get sucked in and I'll be like, yeah, you know our guest on that show was a book. and then that time that um that then you and then that happened and and you're like, okay, I see, I'm not, you don't really need me for this. I could just kind of sit here and nod. And so,
0: you remember that? Uh, were you ever an SNL fan?
1: Oh, he, I know exactly who you are, Chris Farley. Chris Farley, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> I was actually going to say that, but I didn't know if you were old enough to get it. Uh, I'm yeah,
0: only, I'm only 32, man. But I feel like it's it's going to sound so pretentious, and I'm going to sound like a douchebag. <laughs> but here we go. I'm an old soul when it comes to that type of shit, man. I love movies and TV shows and pop. Like my my grandpa really got me into it, and uh, I remember. But uh, I want to bring up two things real quick, and then we'll get to the fan's question. I'm sorry, but uh, the the story, the story is the reason I'm into the shit I'm into, right? I had a grandpa and like you were saying earlier with uh with your son you know you came into his life you weren't his biological father right so my right. grandfather that was around uh was not my biological grandfather and i didn't know this for the longest time uh he treated me my brother my sisters like we were family he was a cool dude that would always crack jokes he was like and he was the guy that would pull out money and give it to you if you needed it regardless he would never wanted it back he was like hey, go buy something to make yourself happy type of thing or go here, get some groceries, right? Um, and he grew up he grew up dirt poor, he grew up in West Virginia. I mean, most of the time they were eating beans for dinner type of thing, if they got beans, right? So he lived a very, very modest lifestyle and he always saved a lot of money and he always gave a lot of money away. He was one of those guys that people would prey on towards the end of his life because they would just go, hey, Ronnie, I need some money and he would just give them away. Um, but I remember, I want to say I was five maybe, right? And this is one of my first memories that comes to, you know, pop culture or, or movies or anything like that. He was a huge TCM guy, Turner Classic Movies guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how this was playing on Turner Classic Movies, but the first Karate Kid was on there, maybe 10 years, 11 years after it came out, right? So yeah. we're sitting here watching it, and it's that part where Daniel LaRusso is trying to do the crane kick, right? He's trying to do it, and then he, you know, flips over, and uh, my grandpa looks at me, he's like, hey, I bet you can't do the crane kick. And I'm like, I can do the crane kick. Look, look, look at me, right? I'm, I'm in the I'm in the prime of my life at five, six years old. I can do this shit. So I'm on the couch and I'm, I'm doing it and I'm getting ready to switch my legs. And what I didn't realize is grandpa had a pillow locked and loaded behind his back and in his, in his easy chair his, is reclining. <laughs> right? So I'm sitting there and I'm getting ready to do it. And then he takes that pillow out and he slings it like a fucking ninja star, catches me in the legs, I do a tumble, Smack my head and I, I fall onto the carpet. And I'm like, <gasps> I can't breathe and shit. And then I start crying. And I'm like, oh, uh, and he's oh, like, shit. and my grandma's name is Juanita. He's like, shh, shh, shh. you're going to get us both in trouble. Stop crying. He's like, stop crying right now. I'll buy you a pizza. Tears instantly dried up. Not only did I realize I was a fat kid, but I was also super, super deep into this cartoons, movies, and TV shows. So that's how I got my introduction into pop culture. He was the one that really instilled in me, like how great movies are and how you can connect with people and and all that so um, it's I don't even know why I brought that story I mean it just felt like it was the 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 right time Um, but as we transition into the fans questions here one role you did play um, was Doc Ock Right. So yes. you played it in the in the Spider-Man game here. And I got to imagine, uh, what was that? Were you a big Spidey fan growing up? Did you have to read anything to get into the head of Doc Ock or was it magic?
1: I kind of did the opposite. I mean, <clears throat> I uh, I was not a big superhero guy growing up. I was more into uh, the scary stuff. So, you know, uh, Tales from the Crypt, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Much of my, my parents, my mother's chagrin. But um, then I didn't. Fully clock, <laughs> they 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 will do this thing in video games, particularly the AAA video games, where they don't tell you what you're reading for, right? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so it's, it's almost embarrassing. So uh, I got a I got a call to go into to, to as to uh, Sony. I must have I must have done an audio only audition. I don't remember that, but, but I remember going into Sony to do the um, to do the audition for Doc Ock and some words that never came up in that audition at any point were Spider-Man, Doc Ock, Marvel, like they never, like,
0: yeah,
1: they wrote a uh, fake scene and, uh, they, they had me play it. And, and the way it was described to me was that this guy, uh, who's, who's not really, not really much physically is more of a, more of an intellectual, um, he he is an inventor, and he's at his lab, and and he's he's doing all this great work. And then somebody comes in and they takes take his work away from him. And at the end of the scene, these arm, <laughs> at the end of the scene, these arms come out from behind his back and attack the people that are taking his stuff. And I was like, that sounds cool. Doc Ock never crossed my mind. <laughs> I never thought. I never thought the guy with the arms coming out from behind his back is Otto Octavius, clearly. Yeah. No, I was just like, okay, this is some weird, I mean, cause that's not a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a patented device or anything. They didn't copyright, you know. So like, so I do the scene and I know that it's going well because out of the corner of my eye, I see the, the animation director jump up and pump his fist in the air. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I leave, but I still have no idea what it was. It wasn't, until I, it wasn't until I actually booked the job that, um, that I found out that I was doing Otto Octavius. And then I didn't want to read anything about it. Uh, of course, I grew up, I had read Spider-Man. I loved uh, Fred Molina's take on, uh, on, on Doc Ock um, in the movie. But I didn't, I, I knew that I would be getting a complete story in and of itself. Yeah. And I didn't want to read anything that was going to conflict with that so um so you know when we when we did the 400 page table read um i was like uh, i i tried to let go of any idea of doc ock i tried to let go of any idea of Otto octavius i was just this guy on the page and uh and i found it actually really accessible
0: yeah that that uh, i was never a spider-man fan growing up uh you just batman was my guy swamp thing was my guy i was more of a dc guy than i was marvel and yeah when it came to marvel i liked she hulk is my favorite marvel character of all time there's just something right. about her just so badass um and i it was crazy as i fucking hated the hulk i couldn't get into him couldn't get into superman it's just they're boring characters they're all powerful yeah you know, they didn't have no right no achilles heel really um with the exception of kryptonite for superman but i just neither here nor there but the uh the reason i bring that one up is because that was the first time i actually enjoyed spider-man i was like oh wow ah. pretty cool and then I, I look at the name. I'm like, that looks like the guy that played fucking Rigby. I'm like, and then I have to turn, and I'm like, I'm googling. I'm like, holy shit, Rigby Doc Ock, Doc Ock Rigby. I'm like, oh fuck, this is crazy, right? And it it was crazier because I was two joints and 14 edibles, and I I had, I'd eat, <laughs> I, had, I had eaten a whole candy bar. Not realizing it was a a THC candy bar because the way they have them packaged, it looked like Hershey bars, right? So I wasn't paying attention. It didn't say Hershey on it; said THC on each individual little square. So I'm on You're like 50 grams in, and um, uh, it was it was rough. And like I said, I just started playing Spider-Man. I had an entire week off from work, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna beat this game. Played it the first day, so I was like, oh, man, I wonder what I'm doing. And the, and the weed starts kicking in very, very slowly, right? Sure. And then it goes, holy shit, I'm fucking baked really quick. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm jumping, and it's right about that scene where his arms come out because they're trying to take his gear and everything. It's the beginning of the, beginning of the, uh, the game. And yeah. I'm just like, I wonder how if, if I just let Peter Parker drop, does he die? Or does he have, like, what happens if he just falls from a skyscraper? And I was like let's see what happens so i climb up to the tallest skyscraper and i jump off and i'm like man let's let's see and i forgot that i quit breathing because i was stoned and then <laughs> i i also forgot that uh this was a video game and i thought i was peter parker inside this video game so i'm like, <gasps> I'm like oh and just the entire time just you know dive bombing the ground and i'm like oh fuck i almost had a heart attack playing this game um so <laughs> Switching from from a game that you were on to a game that's getting ready to come out, I like we just talked about. I just saw the trailer for it not too long ago. We were watching Hulu. We were watching The Goldbergs not too long ago with me and my wife, and my son, my oldest son. And uh, Back for Blood came on. How did that yeah. come about, man? Are you excited for this one?
1: I'm super excited uh, because I really enjoyed Left for Dead. Uh, I, uh, there's something about co-op uh, zombie killing. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, I'm really a pretty simple. I, it, I'm, it's easy to make me happy as a game player. Give me zombies or Nazis and let me kill them. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thrilled, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was uh, really into Left 4 Dead. And the idea that I could become one of the player characters for uh, Back 4 Blood, which is kind of its spiritual successor, was really exciting to me. And it was also, I love the character that I ended up playing. It's a guy named Hoffman, who is a survivalist. And um, he's he's (laughs) Simon McKenzie, who's the head writer for the project, uh, uh, a a great, hilarious Scotsman, uh, was 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 telling me that uh, uh, that he really enjoyed writing for Hoffman, because Hoffman is um, he's the kind of guy that got picked last for volleyball and his uh, and his, uh, uh, you know, father was was not terribly affectionate. He was a little too close to mom. And then the zombie apocalypse thing ha- happens, and he's right in his element. So so even though he's not uh, you know, trained uh, to be a badass or anything like that, his fantasies have paid off, and now he gets to <laughs> run around and, 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 and shoot bad guys. So it was really fun. Yeah. And there's a lot of humor in it, which I really enjoy.
0: Do you know when it comes out?
1: That's a great question. And one of those things I should probably know...
0: Okay, we'll Google it right now.
1: I know it's, I know it's soon because uh, it's this month. 14th, I want to say,
0: 16th. Let's find out. Uh, five days from now, so October 12th.
1: Like I said, or the 12th. The 12th could be the 12th. You uh, can fix this shit in post. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> make, make me smart in post, would you? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, and and I'm and I'm. I actually, you know, I'm not just a, I, I'm not just a voice actor. I'm a customer. I bought the game because I'm really excited about uh, about playing it. So you never know if you uh, go online and do a little uh, back for blood, you might be playing with me.
0: Oh shit, boys and girls, man, make sure you get on it. Uh, so we're gonna rotate the fans' questions, and we'll try to get to as many as possible. But ladies and gentlemen, there was a shit ton. I was not expecting this many. Uh, cj had probably my favorite question out of all of them if you had to be a temp for one of the park employees for an entire eight-hour shift who would you pick let's take oh. Morikai out of there so let's we'll, we'll take oh Mora that's
1: great yeah. that's great who would i be a temp for for the entire shift wow i think that's my idea of hell <laughs> uh wow wow i there are just a myriad of possibilities. All of them awful, uh, because you know I remember I remember uh, doing the episode where uh, where a Rigby was uh, uh, essentially like uh, strapped to Muscle Man for the whole episode. Oh, right? yes. So I know that I know how that goes, and it's not good. Uh, Benson's a dick. <laughs> Uh, Thomas would Thomas the intern I don't know that could go either way because like an intern might be cool because he'd be like you know I've been you and I know it sucks or he could be like finally I get my turn Uh, okay so so pops definitely pops yeah
0: Um, now this has come up with two other voice actors and uh, (laughs) it came up with Charlie Adler as the red guy and then it came up with Greg Eagles. I don't know if you ever watched *The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy*, but he was—he yeah, yeah. was—he was grim. Um, I usually don't do these unless they're funny. I don't ask these. Now we can completely skip this if you're not up for it, but I'd okay. be remiss not to ask. <clears throat> this time we got two choices. With uh, Charlie, it was: Can the red guy sing uh, "Hey Mickey, you're so fine"? Mickey, you're so fine. Hey Mickey, right? Which was phenomenal. And then Greg got uh, "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," so the Jamaican Grim Reapers singing "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Yeah. Um, so, like I said, you got two requests this time: from one from Jesse and one from I can't—I didn't write their name down because one of the last ones I got. But I'll let you choose: Cho- uh, dealer's choice, or I don't know. You count as a dealer? I'm gonna count you as a dealer for right now. So, dealer's choice. Hey, thanks. I'm uh, Promoted. Any chance Rigby can sing "Working for the Weekend" or the person I didn't write their name down? Any chance Rigby could sleep? No sleep till Brooklyn, from the Beastie Boys.
1: There is no chance because I don't know the lyrics from either song. Beautiful, we'll pass that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I remember is from the former is, uh, you know, the chorus: "Everybody's working for the weekend." That's all I. That's all I remember from that. Because here's the thing: if the song was popular. In my time, I was probably too high to really remember the lyrics. So it's like that old saying about you know if you remember the '60s, you weren't really there. I kind of feel that way about the '80s.
0: Well, I was born in '89. That's about all I remember. I was more of a '90s kid than I was an '80s kid. So right, there's that. Uh, but I'm a I'm not going to try to pronounce this one because I'm a butcher it. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to butcher it. How was it seeing Rigby evolve from a child? To- that's a backhand compliment. How was it seeing Rigby evolve from a child to somewhat of an adult by the later end of the series?
1: It was great, and it's one of my favorite things about the about the the show. Is uh, I love the fact that Rigby got his shit together behind girls before Mordecai did. That that Mordecai was still figuring out how to talk to like. You know, CJ and, and and Rigby was just quietly dating Eileen, and it wasn't even a thing.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so I loved that, and I loved um, this last uh, while everything was shut down from COVID. Uh, there's a there's a high school here in LA called Fairfax, uh, on Fairfax, oddly enough. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, and um, uh, they're connected with a theater that I've done some plays for. And I always got along great with those kids and the administrators came to me and asked if I would do uh some kind of video for their commencement because these kids were not gonna get a real commencement. Yeah. You know, they were stuck at home. And so I said, Yeah, of course I will. And um uh, I not only did I you know, I was able to do some some personal stuff, uh, just as myself, but uh I included the uh the graduation speech that Rigby does from when he graduates, uh, high school. And I just think it's great. I just think, because Rigby to me, the the fun about Rigby to me was that he is the dude that will absolutely take the last piece of pizza and not give a shit, you know? And, and I, and I, and I have consciously tried not to be that guy my whole life. So, so it's really fun to, to be that guy, and then to, to to be with that guy long enough that he sort of grows out of it. Yeah. So uh, so I loved it. I loved
0: it. That was a big that was a big deal to me. Beautiful. Um least fate monkey one 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 nine wants to know, least favorite and favorite line to record, and you would not believe how many people put in I Bet You It was Do Me a Solid for least favorite line. So, I don't think that that's what it was. It was probably just people just tired of hearing, do me a solid, do me a solid, do me a solid. I loved that episode, by the way. I thought (laughs) I don't see why people were hating on it, but.
1: Yeah, that wasn't, uh, God, I'm going to be so disappointing. I didn't have any lines that I really hated. Uh, I mean, you know, I was saying funny stuff written by funny people. So, uh, I can't think of anything really that uh, that I hated. Um, favorite favorite lines is tough for the same reason. There was a lot of great stuff in there. I could tell you that my favorite my favorite uh, situations, my favorite episodes were the ones where Rigby would do something stupid he would so stupid that he would literally die like. <laughs> Like what he would he use the playco arm boy to wrestle skips arm wrestle skips and he won and when skips finally finds out what he's doing like he he puts him down so hard he crashes through the table and dies <laughs> I like that I like instant karma I'm a fan of instant karma you know I like it I like it when he does stuff like um try try to try to win the excellent challenge when he's allergic to eggs <laughs> you know I like the fact that Stupid really doesn't interfere with his ambitions.
0: No, it doesn't. One of my, it, and it's such a throwaway scene, um, and I think it's on one of the first couple episodes. It actually might be the, uh, I might be the chair episode um, where he, I think he dives on the, he dives on a trampoline and he gets smashed into a wall, and then there's a hole in the wall, and then he covers it up by a poster. So it's just little shit like that. I love seeing stupid shit happen, and then just. Funny shit comes from it. Uh, duck yeah. episode is my favorite episode of all time though. Which one? Baby ducks. That oh one. yeah. Yeah, baby time.
1: ducks. <laughs> I did one of those voices and it almost killed me. Yeah. Like uh yeah, because it's really hard to talk all the way up there. Like and, and I don't know about anyone else, but like when I try to do that, this vein starts to pop up in my head and it looks <laughs> it looks like I'm gonna have a stroke. Feels kinda like I'm gonna have a stroke too. So I think they wrote in baby duck lines for me just to watch we have near-death experiences
0: <laughs> they, they say if you're ever having a stroke or if you think you're having a stroke and you smell burnt toast you're probably having a stroke so hopefully if yeah. you're a baby duck don't smell burnt toast bill we need you around so
1: right right
0: uh frosty dice wants to know <clears throat> oh what can, i missed you can you uh frosty yeah dice there you wants to know uh is ham boning really gonna save my life someday
1: uh, I think it'll save your life someday because you'll be having a really bummer day, and and you'll be like, "What's the point?" You know, I just I just don't even want to live anymore. And then you're gonna remember ham boning, and it's gonna make you laugh, <laughs> and that'll that'll save your life. What's wait? What's the name again? Who asked that?
0: Frosty Dice.
1: Frosty Dice. Yeah. Okay.
0: <clears throat> There's some interesting names out here. Hey hey, Frosty Dice hey
1: frosty dice always remember ham boning will save your life someday ham boning
0: (laughs) that's for you frosty you got a hard on for that one for sure yeah uh (laughs) sketchbot 400 wants to know how did you develop rigby's scream and his iconic line stop talking before you answer that were you a wrestling fan back in the day
1: I, it's funny. I didn't really become aware of wrestling until I was older, so, okay. so like I, I, I honestly probably became aware of it because I started running into uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan on uh, oh. on tour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that guy was so much fun that then I started really sort of paying attention to. It's, it's at certain cons they'll be like wrestling will be a big deal. Yes. They'll have like a rink going. You know what I mean? And uh, and I really I started watching those because I really admire the mix of athleticism and theater. Yes. That it is. You know those guys. Uh, you know they're 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 stuntmen largely. Super
0: and, gross. Yes.
1: And uh, yeah, and they're and what they do is so impressive. And so yeah. Anyway. Short answer, more so now than I was when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, I am I, I still watch it every week. I watch AEW. <coughs> I won't watch WWE because they screwed a whole bunch of my wrestlers out years ago. I'm like, nope, fuck it. I'm done with these guys. I'm going to go with somebody else. So AEW, I watch every week. I'm, I'm a huge – <coughs> it's, it's the male soap opera. Um, yeah. The only reason I bring that up in conjunction with the Sketchbot 400 joke about the uh, stop talking is it made me – it reminded me of The Rock because The Rock would go out there and he'd be like, how old are you? And then he was like, Oh, I'm, he's like, it doesn't matter how old you are. So I didn't know if that was something, you know, That's funny. Lines, so.
1: you know, it would, you'd have to ask the writers because that was something they came up with was stop talking. I loved it because it's, it's such a, uh, it's such a debate fail. It's such an argument fail when you're just like, you know, it's not even a comeback. It's like, it's like, stop, stop doing the thing that makes my brain hurt. <laughs>
0: And then do you know how you develop Rigby's scream? Was it just you yelling in, in character or Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was just it was pretty much just uh take somebody who's round round wound really tight and then uh him an extra twist.
0: Beautiful. Uh Pace one three three seven wants to know. What drink does Rigby like better, Coke or Pepsi? And Notion Yeah, Notion Anderson had to say rig juice. So uh do you like Coke or Pepsi better?
1: I'm a Pepsi guy, but Rigby's drink has got to be the Mississippi Queen, right? (laughs) It's got to be that. Oh, no. Hang on. Weird things are happening in my life. (laughs) Can you Tech is is being, can you still hear me?
0: Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Okay, great. We're good.
0: All right. Mr. Underscore Chainsaw wants to know. (laughs) yeah <laughs> there's some funny ones out here uh what's your favorite song besides summertime Lovin," "Lovin' in the summertime obviously uh it's the
1: song that that rigby sang when he was going to the video game competition and he got butt hurt that uh that mordecai didn't choose him as as a, uh, a partner he chose skips instead for the video game competition and it goes something like, uh, "Why do friends not pick their friends to go to a video game competition with them?" It's it's something about like, it uh, it must be because they don't really want to win it or yeah. something. <laughs> something like that. But it's like it's a horrible song. It's obnoxious, and then like you have to be a dick to sing it to
0: people. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, Harold Smiley wants to know. Was there ever a line oh, or... hang on. The bad thing has happened.
1: Uh I think my uh I think my AirPods might be failing on me. Please stand by. We're experiencing technical
0: difficulties. Uh let me whip. We'll Harold Smiley wants to know: Was there ever a line or a scene that was hard to record due to emotion, laughter, or sadness?
1: Yeah, there were quite a few um, over the years. Uh, it probably, for me, of course, the big one was uh, the last episode when you know we're 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 off into the future and the guys have turned out all right. You know, that was uh, <clears throat> that was really uh, beautiful and heartbreaking. Um. what else gosh uh, the stuff around the stuff around uh, I guess we don't have to worry about spoiler alert since it Pops. stopped in 2016 yeah stuff around Pops exactly yeah. <clears throat> yeah that was really something and then there there were there were actors that I got to know during that time period uh, and some of whom I, I was seeing again who are no longer with us and so because of that, it's a, a sad memory, you know, like uh, Ed
0: Asner, who I got to work with a couple of times. <clears throat> so, yeah. With the, with the Pops episode, where Pops, you know, passes away. Yeah. Um, did you guys know beforehand going into that episode, that recording session, that, that Pops dies? or We, <laughs> they were really, they played all the scripts really close to the best. So yeah.
1: we, t- we typically didn't know what was going to happen until we read it so I, I knew going into the episode, but reading it that week was, um, the tearjerker, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to imagine, you know, you're sending off, you know, a fan favorite for sure, but somebody that's definitely a part of the family. So yeah, Um, I can imagine it was a little hard fish biscuit, probably my favorite name one five, six wants to know, uh, did you do the sound effects for ham bunny or did someone else? Uh, someone else did, <clears throat> but I think
1: what's really interesting about this question is that it kind of presumes that there were 155 other fish biscuits before <laughs> before Fish Biscuit took his name. Um, uh, no, it, it's you know I'll tell you why that's a, a good question is that um, I knew I, uh, that was the bit that I did at my callback that got me the the, the final time I was hired for the series. Yeah. And I got so excited to be there reading for it that I actually did do it. So, you know, I was like, you know, and uh, and they laughed and they were like, yeah, don't do that. And um, and so, yeah, anything like that, anything that is not dialogue or uh, or or your kind of more standard human noises like a whistle or something like that. It's, that's going to be uh, effects.
0: Beautiful. Um, throwaway hobos wants to know. Do you have a trash boat tattoo?
1: I do not. <laughs> I do not, although. <clears throat> yeah. You got to love this. Like I, I'm not answering any of the questions, but I'm answering questions that would be like these questions. Yeah. Uh, I was I was shocked to find out that there is a British punk band named Trash Boat. Really? Yeah, and that, and I know that because they came they came through LA and I went to go <laughs> see their show. I went uh, you know, it was, it was good. It was, you know, but I don't know, uh, <clears throat> punk isn't in, uh, entirely my, uh, my deal, but, uh, some, some punk fans told me that it was kind of like the easy listening of punk, which is probably why I appreciated it so much. I was like, Oh, the Nickelback of punk
0: is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's right. The <laughs> Nickelback of punk. Oh God. No guys, if you're listening to this, I don't, that's not, Oh shit. That's, <laughs> that's not me. It's that horrible Julian. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was so tickled because, and they, you know, it was named after Rigby's alternate name, Trash Boat. And so even though I have no Trash Boat paraphernalia, it is out there and it belongs to a British band.
0: Beautiful. Sea <clears throat> uh, Snacks wants to know. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on the quality of the show as the later seasons kept coming out. I don't know, really know. I don't like asking those type of questions. But I felt like, if anything, it got better. Fine oh. wine, it was like wine. It aged really well. I thought the animation, Thanks, I felt like you guys were locked in as far as story, animation, you know, voice acting, everything like that. So I don't really know what he or she was getting at. But
1: if thoughts? I had to guess, and I, would, and I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would I would think that might be talking about the whole, like, going to space thing.
0: Oh, man, maybe. I like that, though.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I did, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I... I yeah, I'm the worst... I thought the show was still strong when we when we stopped, and so I I, um, I asked an exec once. I was like, "So how come?" Like, it, I thought I would keep an eye on our numbers, and when our numbers started going down, I'd be like, "Oh, I see. So we're well, you know we're probably gonna get the axe soon." Yeah. <clears throat> but that never happened. Our numbers were always strong, and um, uh, I asked an exec at the at the final wrap party. I was like, "So how come?" How come we're doing away with it what's up with that and this guy said well i made last that's what i thought about it. he said you gotta you gotta figure we make programming for a certain demographic of kids uh you know from this age to this age and we have six years of that programming and so as as kids age into it they'll get exposed to it and they'll be able to enjoy it for those six years and then as then they'll age out yeah. But his point was that you know they didn't—they basically had all the content they needed, and so um, and so then it's just a case of introducing it to, to, to new audiences. And I thought, well, I hate to say it, but that makes sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I mean, <clears throat> I think JG made uh, made. I've seen more mullets and more El Caminos in the last <laughs> five to six years. So I want to say <laughs> he's brought back the mullet and El Camino. See, he's done everything he can do to bring back that real white trash culture and i really yeah for sure coming back
1: that i find so relatable um (laughs) yeah he uh uh and then i think he also you know jg's a tremendously creative guy and he wanted he had he had close enough going on in the back of his mind and he wanted to get on and 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 do other things and i don't blame him for that you know you gotta figure that by the time a show goes to air, the creators have been living with it for probably at least a couple of years. Yeah. And <clears throat> JG's situation, you know, you can go back and look at his short on, on YouTube too in the AM PM, and you basically see the, the seminal idea behind regular show. And it's like, well, so he was basically dealing with regular show from the time he was in college. Yeah. So, so he, you know, I'm sure he was ready to move on to try the things.
0: And so very few people get to tell a story, let alone finish the story that they want, how they want to finish it. So uh, hats off to him for for great point. uh, Acceleration underscore station. Uh, Do you ever use your character voices in everyday life, like going through the drive (laughs) through? The only reason that comes up is because I had Rob Paulson on, right? Oh, yeah. And he's done. He's a million of like a fucking million voices, right? He's, the, he's that guy. Um, and I was like, where is the weirdest place you've ever used, uh, you know, any one of your voices? And he was like, you have no idea how many times my son would ask me to do the Ninja Turtles when I, we were going through McDonald's. He was like, every single time. And then every single time we'd go up to the window, like, holy shit, this is a Ninja Turtle. we get it for free. So nice. that was, that's where that one came up. So have you used it to, to, to better yourself? I think there, I think Bill?
1: I, you know, now I want to rush out and do that. Uh <laughs> Get some free burgers. Uh, I did not, but tacos
0: are quite delightful.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, every meat burrito. I, uh, uh, my wife tells me that when I get uh, uh, really angry and excited, that the Rigby starts creeping in. Yeah. Which is which is not helpful because the madder I get, the more she laughs. So it's just not it's not productive. I'm like, you know, stop laughing at me. Stop talking. Um. But no, I don't tend to. Uh, I, I don't tend to uh, pretend. I, that's funny. I don't even know if anybody would believe me. That's. I, I, I have this fantasy where I want to like, I want to show up at a, at a con at one of my own events, wearing a mask, like a like a Rigby mask, and then like hold a uh, like uh, have it pre 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 arranged so that the moderator holds a Rigby sound-alike contest and see if I can win the contest.
0: Oh, I mean, I go to the cons every year. I'm here in Orlando, Florida, so we've got a pretty big one. If you want to try to come, I I don't, I don't know the promoters per se, but I've been in talks with them for quite a few years trying to get some stuff going on. So, put
1: in a word for me.
0: I'll see what I can do. All Can't right, make any promises? But I'll see what I can do. I'll All bring right. you up once I make it big, Bill. So.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh,
0: Pori Duck wants to know, what do you think is Rigby's favorite pastime? Eating. Toasty Talk wants to know is Rigby's personality based on yours at all?
1: Yeah he's based on all the shit that I never let myself do (laughs) Um, and for a little while he was based on my kid because because my kid you know like all kids like could be like outrageously egocentric and self centered and so like like like, uh, there was a specific example where Rigby had to apologize for something, but in that really dicky way that doesn't mean I'm sorry at all. Yeah, right. You know, and I totally I totally drew on on my kids uh sorry <laughs> It's like, oh wait, let me let me get this straight. So by sorry you mean fuck you. Is yeah. that what we're talking about here?
0: Sounds <clears throat> about right, man. Uh yeah. Iceman one one zero five wants to know. How would Doc Ock interact with Rigby? He'd buy a trap.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: oh, pa- a... Pa-
1: pa- uh, Parker, please stop leaving your pizza crumbs around. We're getting vermin. Would be something like that. I mean,
0: Sticky Wheels Forty Six wants to know. Did you ever make any suggestions for Rigby's character? If so, did they make it into the show?
1: You know, um, not directly, but I remember talking to one of the writers and we were talking about how, like, it, it, it just sort of happens that the the writers see what you what you bring strong, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, sarcasm or a goofy laugh or whatever, they begin to sort of write towards your strength. And I, I have no doubt that that happened with Rigby, where, where as we got to know each other, you know in that collaborative process that is creating a a cartoon character we both started playing to each other's strengths you know
0: beautiful um gamers for life 97 wants to know what do you like most about rigby
1: uh i love his brashness Mm -hmm. i love the fact that he presumes the answer to everything will be yes And if it's not, he
0: can weasel his way out of it. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah. Uh, NinjaJack8956 wants to know, favorite nickname given to Rigby?
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, God, I'm trying to think. Well, I guess, I mean, obviously everybody went with Trash Boat. I was a big fan uh, of
0: Rig Baby when Muscle, when we were talking about Oh, it, Rig, Rig Baby was, was great. When he was t- uh, uh, on Muscle Man's chest. So. I kind of
1: like Rig Bone because it's just <laughs> so off putting. It's There's such a fat guy. Yeah. a yeah.
0: hey, Rig Bone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the underscore Mighty underscore Rex wants to know. And I think you kind of. I think you kind of prefaced this earlier when we were talking about script, but uh were a lot of the Mordo and Rigbyisms we see in the show written in uh purposefully or were they things you and J G came up with? they're
1: the things that uh JG, I think, brought from college. A lot of that was, was his experiences and every you know, J G and I are different ages, so I was I was in college long before he was, and I think every I think every group of, of I think every college guy and their group of friends has like weird little in humor, you know, like my humor with my uh, with my college roommate who I'm still friends with to this day. We used to, to to joke about we'd have stuff to do and the joke was the bed got me, you know, like I fell into the bed. and Oh, oh, I can't. Get, oh, the bed got me. Oh, <laughs> you know, so like every every generation has their funny shit that they like to do. Speaking of funny,
0: speaking of funny shit, you want to hear my funny shit? Please. It's and it's 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 about shit, really. Uh, (laughs) So in in seventh grade, uh, I was in a class. uh, Teacher's name was Mr. Demiro, and I I hope that this doesn't get him in trouble. But uh, he had a temper on him, right? So Mm -hmm. seventh grade boys, I'm pretty sure you can remember when you were a seventh grader. Mm -hmm. um, You just stupid shit made you laugh, right? Stupid.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know who started it, but I had a friend named Mike Dorico. I had another friend named Mike Hardy, and then it was a bunch of us in that same class together. And we were assholes, right? <laughs> assholes to this teacher, right? We didn't, you know, do anything disruptive, but we would just make this guy's life miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in biology class or chemistry class—I can't remember which one—but it was a science class. And uh, we would write poop on the top of our paper, right? At the top of the top of the little things, we would write poop underneath our name. And he would always go, "What is this? What is this poop?" And he was like, "Well, it's what comes out of your body when you eat food." And he would look at us. He's like, "Yes, I teach science. I know what comes out of your butt, right?" So, it was one of those days. And he always had the same like half gallon of that uh, Arizona tea that he would drink every single morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And we realized that if he didn't have that, you couldn't fuck with him that day. We didn't understand (laughs) until after this, right? One of those days he comes in and he was unfuck withable that day. He, he didn't have his teeth, we didn't know. He was very, very cranky, right? So uh we're turning in all of our papers and then everybody's it says poop, 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 20, <laughs> right? And uh he goes, What is this? Why do you guys keep writing poop? And we're like, I don't know, because it's funny. He's like, It's not funny, don't do it again. So he goes and he asks a question and then Mike DiRico places his hand up very, very slowly. He's like, Mike, if you say the word poop, I'm going to lose it. So he's like, no, Mr. Miro, it's not poop. And then he asks him the question and then he gives an actual answer. It's the wrong answer. And he's like, well, that that, that answer is wrong. He was like, well, what was the right answer, poop? And he's got a yardstick in his hand. And he goes, I'm tired of this shit. Ah, and he snaps the yardstick over his leg and he takes the other two pieces and throws them against the chalkboard. Completely loses his shit and then he runs, not runs out but he walks out of the room really really quickly. And we're like, "Oh fuck, this dude's gonna climb the bell tower and shoot everybody, right?" <laughs> so, we're You nervous. broke a teacher. Yes, and he was like I said he was the crazy he was definitely he would look you look at him like, "Yeah, this guy probably shoot up the place, right?" He you just he looked like that type of guy. He comes back and He's like, everybody forgets what just happened, forgets what I just said. <clears throat> everybody gets an A on the pop quiz we we did today, and we're like, oh shit, this is the first A I've ever gotten in science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take this one as a win. So we not only broke him, but I got an A out of it. But yeah, we used to write poop and fuck with this guy. So uh, that's hilarious, Mr. Demiro. I love you, man. You're a great teacher. Um, we only got a couple more here. Yeah, Geralis Dolan wants to know favorite season. Fall. I think he means uh, I'm a I'm a huge fall fan, but uh, <laughs> no, he
1: means he means favorite season of regular show. Yeah,
0: um, I like how your commitment on that one was because you got yeah. me for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, damn. Um, okay, so this is complicated by the fact that everybody has a different count of our seasons, like. Like, literally, and some of this is annoying because it's about bookkeeping and keeping people from asking for raises. But, um, like, Amazon and Cartoon Network and various DVD producers had different ideas about what a season was. Like, to me, I think we had—I can't even remember what the official count was, but— the season that I particularly liked, which would have been probably second to last, was when we were working on the film at the same time, because we didn't get any extra time for that. We didn't get any extra money for that. We we did that film on our spare time while making the series, yeah. and so uh, it was it was kind of like regular show boot camp. We worked really hard. We worked really fast, and and. JG looked like he always had something on his mind. Yeah. But uh whichever season that was was probably my favorite because it was so um just like concentrated um, regular show.
0: You guys were on point, man. You guys were folded. Yeah, we so Yeah. Um Cartoon underscore lover three five eight nine wants to know. How did you like being Rigby? I loved it. Uh
1: it's 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 it was Kind of everything. It was certainly the the my longest gig. Uh, moral oral lasted three seasons. You know, uh, regular show lasted six years. Um, and it there's something very therapeutic about being all ego and id, which is that guy. You know, he's again, he's a guy who will take the last piece of pizza. He will fart and blame it on the dog. What a he, dick. you know, yeah, he's a dick, and and <laughs> it's super fun being a dick and then it was made more fun on those very rare occasions where they'd let me not be a dick and you you could kind of see the the person inside the raccoon the
0: heart really
1: <clears throat> yeah exactly
0: um j life wants to know uh j life 203 excuse me uh besides rigby who's been your favorite to voice
1: Uh, well, it it wasn't a large job, but uh, and I'm and I'm and I am strictly speaking voice. I I don't consider a, a Doc Ock voice. That's motion capture. Um, so I would probably say the penguin, because uh, I grew up thinking the penguin and Burgess Meredith were really cool, and so I really enjoyed getting a chance to be a part of that history. I was in the last two movies that featured the voices of Adam West and Burt Ward. And so that was a big deal to me,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that is our, uh, we've got two more questions and that uh, the last question is about Penguin and Burgess Meredith. Um, okay. So Salty Fox 99 wants to know, what was it like being on Moral Oral? I think it's one of the uh, un- most underrated performances and most underrated shows. Oh,
1: thanks. I have a soft spot in my heart for my Moral Oral fans because uh, that was a great show about uh, hypocrisy and was, I think, really funny because of that. Um, A lot of people thought it was something it wasn't, uh, whether it was like making fun of Christianity or, or, um, you know, ripping on David and Goliath. It it was not really intended to do any of that. It was about hypocrisy and uh that's always been a a real stickler for me that's something that always bugged me it's like be uh, be whatever you want but be that thing don't don't lie about it and so um and so that was that was a big deal for me and i love working on moral oral moral oral was unique from separate from say regular show because the animation was done to our dialogue and so we could ad-lib if we wanted to um we were frequently encouraged to yeah. and um uh when i when i would give a sermon as reverend putty i would you know just stand in front of the mic and give a sermon and then uh, a group of people would come together and animate that and it was really cool um so i just i just loved it to this day it's one of my favorite things that i've ever gotten to
0: do uh, and last one by brain underscore teaser what would you say the balance of recreating Burgess Meredith's interpretation versus giving your own take on Penguin, for the '66 inspired movies?
1: That's a brilliant question because, um, and I didn't know this until I was hired, started working on it. There was there were there were estates involved in in those in in those performances and those films there was there's the estate of burgess meredith there's the estate of caesar romero there's the estate of those and so we were told not to imitate them Mm -hmm. but to evoke them yeah and so uh, you know i felt like i felt like mm, i didn't i didn't try so much to be burgess meredith as 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 to be my idea of of burgess meredith playing the penguin you know what i mean and uh, uh, and I thought it worked out pretty well. But we were definitely not going... We were going for an evocation rather than like a direct uh, imitation.
0: Beautiful. Uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed those movies. And uh, Penguin doesn't get enough love, man. My my favorite super supervillain has always been Scarecrow. Uh, oh, yeah. But followed up by... Pretty close to Penguin. We're going to see what, uh, what Colin Farrell is going to do with the Batman coming out pretty soon. So... But I've got some pretty big shoes to fill because you absolutely crushed it as the the penguin. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, As we start to wind down here, man, uh, where can the fans come and say, hey, I really enjoyed this, or give you some well wishes? Where would you like to direct these folks to?
1: Well, they can either find me, uh, my fan page on Facebook, uh, or uh, William Salyers, or they can... uh, Tweet at me at WL Salyers. I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm pretty bad at it because I I like eating my food more than I like taking pictures of it. So uh, uh, I'm more of a writer than a visual communicator. So, uh, uh, you know, if you want to come uh, follow me on Twitter and let me piss you off there,
0: That's at WL Salyers. <clears throat> Beautiful man. He's been Bill. I've been Julian. This has been the what's in my head podcast has been another piece of your childhood. Good night. Bye folks.